0: You are listening to The Bench Cast With your host, Elvis Mendez And Coach Ben Thanks everyone for joining in We are talking about using your hips while you bench And why that's an important thing and how most people don't um, And the biggest thing you're going to get out of your hips more force production More stability You're going to keep your, your shoulders healthy uh, and you're going to protect your lower back If you ever have lower back issues Going through the setup um, Benching in general This is all going to help you out a ton If you learn to use your hips better Alright So you can meet me On the bench I'm wearing the t-shirt So that's a promo Bigbenches.com I'm here with small arm legs strong and um, sipping my coffee for the working man. Uh, that's damn good coffee. It's all the creamer I find. Actually, I don't really like Starbucks coffee. Um, I just feel like that's your your pay to entry. So if I ever go to Starbucks, I feel like um, I have to buy a coffee in order to use their Wi-Fi, because uh, otherwise I would feel bad I sitting mean, there. The thing is, seat. you get free refills when you go there. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I can refill. I forgot, yeah, I, haven't, I haven't refilled in a while. Maybe I'm not finishing my coffee soon enough, but I haven't taken advantage of that. I gotta take advantage of that. I usually I'll throw it out and I leave. I should have got a refill. Thank you for reminding <laughs> <laughs> Sip of coffee. The, where the rules are if you uh, post a coffee emoji on this podcast, if you're watching live on Instagram, if you post a coffee emoji, we all gotta sip our coffee for the worker, man. Alright. So, But uh, definitely the coffee is the price center, minimum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and don't don't be listening or watching this podcast without having coffee in your hand because then you can't play by the rules. <laughs> so make sure you have coffee. Um, 7, 718 rolling. your tips and videos got me smashing a 400-pound bench regularly now. That's awesome, my friend. Uh, sounds like you need a 400-pound bench club shirt now. Uh, but that's that's a huge milestone. Not many people reach that 400 mark. Uh, we did a video on what it takes to hit 400, and, and a lot of people might not even get there. You know, if you're a powerlifter, you might get there at one point in time, but most people are never going to touch 400. So you're already doing something that most people will never be able to do. Uh, so big congratulations to you, my friend. Uh, I'm glad I could help that out. Strong Xander hit us with a coffee emoji. Simple coffee for the working man. It's damn good Alright, so everyone knows how to play now Alright, here we go We're talking the hips It is the biggest muscle in your body If you aren't familiar with anatomy, physiology, whatever That is your biggest muscle Most people are surprised by that Everyone thinks the quads are the biggest muscle That's your longest muscle Biggest muscle is going to be your hips Um, I guess if you're talking surface area So what's that mean that means it's a powerhouse that means there's a lot of ability to generate a lot of force in your hips you know you ever wonder why a horse kicks back like that because they're using their hips it's the power zone all right you don't stand behind a donkey everyone knows that that's the power zone all right so our hips are our power, all right? And you think about all the other ones, the deadlift, the squat, right? Where's all our power pop coming from? It should be coming from the hips. Same thing with the bench. Think of all those crazy people loading up their hip thrusts. Yeah, absolutely. That's, you know, you could get really heavy on that movement um, because the hips, you know, that's that's your powerhouse, that's your mover. And on the bench, it's no different. Um, everyone thinks of that as an upper body strict exercise, when it's not it's a total body movement it all starts with the hips that's really where the force is coming from okay so we need to pay attention to how to use those properly uh it, it can aid us in the setup i'm going to touch on all of it today all right but i think i've covered how important the hips are very very important and most people are not using them you know the biggest issue here is that people are getting dormant hips Right, we We usually don't use them much during the day, which is a huge catastrophe because that's it, it, hip health goes so quick um you know I feel it myself too when i'm inactive too much um you know you go for a long drive you you're in a long flight or something and the first thing what do you feel go on you yeah, your hips are tight right and it stops you from doing a lot of things you like to do you start walking around you start getting some back pain and whatnot uh so the hips uh, can really get kind of shot from inactivity they they are supposed to be um, you know they're designed to really take a good beating to be used a lot you know you think about back in the day how often you're on your feet doing this or that um so this is something we have to be using a lot of and this is probably the one muscle group that is um used the least frequent which is a huge issue you think about it you probably use the hips less than anything you do you probably go to reach for something before you ever think about getting up off your chair so that's a big big issue right there um And just putting in little tips and tricks Going for a walk here and there You know, after you eat Trying to get out And do one of those 10 minute walks That's always a a good idea there But getting uh, more active through the hips Is always good for hip health Uh, Wolf's Den 823 Hips being tight Used to be a big problem for me It's a big problem for most people, my friend Um, But just getting more active Is going to help out a ton But let me talk on how to actually use your hips while you bench press. Alright, so the first thing, you know, the first place where you're gonna be active with them is going to be uh in your positioning, in your setup. Alright, this is where they play a huge role in gaining you position. Okay, so the setup's not just simply get down on the bench. I think most people who frequently listen to our podcast here or have watched our videos on um, Big Benches YouTube. Right, You understand how detailed that setup process can be. We just came out with a, a great online course that you can find, bigbenches.com. It's got its own tab. And there's a huge module just built around what to do while setting up on the bench press. And there's a lot of stuff about hip activation in there as well. Uh, but where that helps out is um, when you're bridging up on the pad, Right, you use your legs to really get back onto your traps. So if you if you didn't use your legs to set up. Okay? Uh good buddy of mine, he's a, a good buddy of ours is a paraplegic um bencher he doesn't have the use of his legs and his setup is going to be greatly sacrificed he's not going to be able to go through the same setup as everyone else so if you didn't have the use of your legs um that's going to handicap you in a big way and how to set up and most people unfortunately don't take advantage of that um to, to help in their setup, so they're not going to get into the best setup possible. They're just kind of lying there and then thinking that squeezing their shoulders together is going to give them the best results. All right, and that's not the case. You really have to use your legs and be very active on the setup to drive back onto your traps. Put most your weight on your traps. Uh, and that if you have the use of your legs to push back like that use them all right because uh, that's a huge huge advantage to you push them back on the traps okay um and you never want your hips a good rule of thumb never want your hips to bear weight on the pad all right if your hips are putting weight onto the pad you're not active enough through them and most people are going to feel like uh the setup process becomes very tiring uh very time consuming uh burns too much energy these are all things i've heard before like i i love your setup process but i get really tired out quick uh and it takes a while but that is exactly what we're going for all right it's a process that you can't rush Right. You have to take your time. It is very exhausting until you get more accommodated to it. And then you can do it a little more efficiently. But it's going to be a very tiring process until you get it down. Um, And that's exactly the things I look to hear um, or, you know, aim to hear. Because then I know it's being executed right. If you're just kind of going into it and it doesn't take much energy, probably not a great setup. Probably not a great setup. All right. So like I said, never let the hips hold weight. Then you know you're being active through the hips, right? So pretend, I'm going to say pretend there is a scale, a weight scale underneath your hips on the pad, right? And that scale should always read zero. So you want hip contact by rules. You need to have your hips touching the pad, but you don't want weight on that scale, all right? And I'm going to tell you a drill that's going to help with that big time.
1: You got a question, too, from GC181 how do you combine the use of your hips with the belly up cue for shirted benching
0: on the way down? Okay. So this is, we're going to get into this a little bit when I'm talking about leg drive activation, things like that and how to set your hips in in play and get that hip drive rather than just leg drive. But, um, pretty much just by executing the leg drive back, the direction is really important. You don't want to lift up. So you're never trying to aim the glute bridge when you're benching. Um, you always want to be driving back literally like you're sliding yourself back on the pad and it's key that you're gonna have good traction on that pad and that in turn is going to if you have traction at the the shoulders holding you down and you have your legs pushing you that's gonna kind of compress you like an accordion so to speak right and that's causing the belly up all right that and then using your upper back to reach it's not glute bridge up to get your chest higher it's push back harder to maintain that so the other the other thing is most lifters will feel like they have to reach to the bar when they're coming down you're not actually ever reaching any higher than you were in the setup so the setup is always your opportunity to gain your highest point okay then from there you're just maintaining it because it's probably going to drop right everything is working against us there we can easily loosen up in any place upper back we can loosen up we can bring the weight down we can lose our shoulder blades a little bit right Um, And that's just flatten us out so we can never gain more position once we set it it's done deal we're just fighting not to lose it so you never want to goop bridge up or have to when you're reaching you're never actually reaching any higher all those belly up cues chest to the bar cues that's all to help maintain what you already have it's not actually gaining you anything else it's just maintaining what you already have so that's a great question uh we'll get into that but i think that was uh that'll probably answer that for you pretty well all right so you just talked about the hip scale right you want it to read zero another great one that i learned from Blaine sumner um one of our athletes actually attended one of his seminars and he was telling me about what he was mentioning there and he was giving off this uh, sawed off bench analogy where you could do the same exact setup with half the bench missing so if you only had opportunity to put your shoulder blades on the pad you can do this just by um setting up at the foot of the pad and just going through a setup Right, you can do all the same things and feel just as tight if you didn't have anything under your hips. All right, because what that teaches you to do is actually push through your legs to keep your setup. All right, we have videos on this. I forget what they're called. I forget what they're titled um well if you want to reach out to me i can send you the video but it's actually going through i think it's the best best setup drill for bench pressing something like that um search the best setup drill for bench pressing big benches that is definitely a game-changing video there you're not going to want to miss that um it's setting up in absence of having something under your hips and you'll see that process it's exactly the same pretty much um you're pushing back onto your traps you're very active through the hips but that will teach you to be active through the hips you aren't able to have um loose hips when you do that all right because you're just sag down that's all there is to it so that one's great that's a great drill to go through um so try that out search that one and we can talk about how to Generate force with the hips Alright, before we do Sip a coffee for the working man Everyone's gotta drink their coffee If anyone's listening Into the podcast live Feel free to post your cues Down below on anything Um, Better if it's hip related creating force with the hips okay so hips will stabilize the weight and create force or like we just mentioned biggest muscle in the body we need to use it okay how are we going to use our hips to stabilize and how are we going to create force probably the biggest thing that i've ever did for my shoulder lifting was going to a feet out wide approach um feet flat pretty much doing that type of leg drive versus toes back you know i used to bench toes back back in the day okay and you know i found success with that What the biggest thing that was throwing me off was when i get heavy weight out and you know it's better shown in shirted lifting because you're handling weight that you can't handle raw so there's a lot of excess components there you got to dial in so i would feel that weight kind of seesawing on me a little bit because when you get that heavy weight in your hands you you'll see the bar teeter-tottering a lot you know going side by side side to side like a like a ship rocking in the water right And that happens um, all too often. If you don't have a good base of support, uh, even now after I switched it up, it still happens. But uh, if you don't have a good base of support to, you don't have a good way to activate your hips, then that's going to continue to occur. So that was probably maybe some of you shoulder lifters, if you're listening, it maybe you had that occur too, where that bar is really rocking on you, and you're trying to control the damn thing. Um, you need to use your hips. That's really big. So having your feet out flat and out wide okay that allows you to drive your hips open uh, and actually you it's a knees out type cueing that'll get your hips tight so it's like in the squat right it's hard if you're not in a, a good feet out wide enough and toes flared out type of squat position to engage your hips try ever squatting with your feet almost inside hip width you know try try squatting like that sometime that's almost what you're doing when you're benching you're putting your feet inside hip width almost if you're tucking in close um try squatting that way and you'll find it very very difficult to ever engage your hips properly all right and that's that's my big gripe with um the toes back i don't i think that's an effective leg drive style but Uh, i think the feet out flat can be done even better and uh you know it all comes down to being in that wider position having the ability to really drive your knees back and and you'll find that gives a lot of lateral tension on your hips okay and what can help with that too is putting a band around your knees and really spreading it you'll certainly feel it for sure uh but that's where your stabilization will come from that lateral tension there plus when we're doing this as well don't forget to squeeze your hips don't forget to um you know, actually squeeze your butt all right because that actually gets lost because you could push out whenever without ever really squeezing your butt all right you could you could do that push out you could feel that lateral tension but unless you're squeezing your ass as well it's two different components there all right it's mostly adductors versus um your actual glutes so Actually, squeezing your ass is a huge thing. A lot of people are missing. Um, to add to that, one of the more common complaints
1: about benching when people get into the art sometimes their low back hurts. Yeah, squeezing your glutes is gonna
0: pretty much eliminate that. Yep. Uh, remember who we have down? We had Jim's girlfriend. The, um, the we had the Pitbull. bull. Oh, the pit bull. Yeah. Names names losing me right now. What the hell was it? We had someone come down to the HQ. Uh, I'm bad with names, so I'd have to remember, but uh, he came down and he had that going on. We were going through the setup all new for him, right? And um, he was going through it, he was getting some little back pain, but I was realizing too, he was, he was pushing his knees out, but he wasn't really squeezing his hips. And when he started squeezing his hips, uh started to protect his lower back more. Uh, but that's another huge component of the hips because how the hips connect, right, um, into the lower back and then I believe into the front of the uh the femur um in the front of the hips as well for the the glute minor there um but the the hips uh will protect your lower back because then it's then if you think about it it's not loose it's not going to get jammed up now because you have your hips controlling that bottom portion all right so oh we got a question here yep from gc181
1: what does jacking your shirt do to your bar path and stability I can't seem to handle the shirt being jacked as I dump the weight onto my belly. I use a low cut super katana single play.
0: Oh, we, we see that again. What does jacking your shirt do to, to your, your bar path, path? and stability?
1: Because he seems to have issues and dumping the weight
0: onto his belly. All right, so, uh, well, it, it comes out the tighter you have your shirt, uh, the more stability demands there's going to be. And when you jack up the shirt, you know, what I'll often tell lifters is don't just jack up the shirt for the sake of jacking up the shirt. Just because it's a third attempt doesn't always mean that you need to. All right. Um, so, for example, you know, mine's always on the fly. It's it's really whatever I need in a moment. And lately, what I've done, um, it was the first time I ever touched in a meet, uh, in the shirt in general, at the meet and um so it was a good tight shirt both times and what i did first attempt i had it pretty set up pretty high nothing really jacked down collars weren't down triceps weren't down um and the weight went really well really well but it didn't justify me having to pull it down or do anything to it next weight went pretty well um then for the third i didn't even do too much to it i just pulled things down just slightly because um i think you know jamie wrote an article for us about every i think he said half inch that you pull the the collar down is another 60 pounds or so in the shirt or 50 something pounds in the shirt all right so you can just see if you're talking bringing that collar down an inch that could require you to have to load up like another 100 pounds you know so it makes a huge huge difference you got to be real strategic and game planned with how you're jacking up the shirt because you could easily um you make it way too tight and then you have trouble touching and then what happens is most lifters are a little impatient um, when it gets super tight like that and they go through the path of least resistance now with the geared lifting you always want to be in the path of most resistance so you never want to find the easy way out of that tension uh, you always need to stay in the tightest spot so if the bar isn't moving that's probably good you know the weight has to bring it down Um, you can't you can't be benching and then all right let me get to my belly and then get out of the groove because that can easily happen okay so uh, hopefully that makes sense and hopefully that helps out a little bit but um yeah i would just make sure that you really need it all right if you're already having problems touching definitely no need um but yeah the demands are going to be much much higher and then you got to think how advanced are you Uh, and be able to actually control that that heavier load now all right so most of the times it's not very needed all right and that's so you're probably better off just making a very small adjustment and that's the other thing most people make way too much of an adjustment literally when i want to make my third attempt adjustment um it's just that that was it not much there i didn't have people ripping it down doing a whole thing right i just simply i took this sh- uh the shoulder i slid it down a bit brought it back up it adjusted the seam just a bit collar arch back a little bit collar down not even a half an inch just boom right there that's all so usually it's just too much too soon all right so hopefully that answers the question so we're at um, positioning with the hips. I think we covered everything there, right? I was, yep. And you Dada. recently made some changes, right? You do what you used to do, toes back type deal? Yep. Now I'm feet wider a little bit. And what, I, what do you feel the difference in your hips there? You feel like you're getting a good squeeze? What's the deal?
1: I feel a lot more tightness. I feel like I can actually squeeze my hips more. Cause like in toes back, I feel like you're passively putting yourself into tension. Yeah. Whether like toes out, it's like active tension.
0: I gotcha. you. Um, yeah, exactly um that's probably what most people will feel first time they do that but um it's like you can relate it to the squat a little bit more i was trying to relate to the bench more to the squat too because uh you're driving your hips open you're pushing back it's literally like a squat on a line uh of motion. you know you feel that way at all
1: i uh i'd have to say no
0: you don't feel like
1: a squat (laughs) i definitely don't feel like a squat but I, i definitely i i can tell where you're coming from it's just like the, the wider squat you go, the more you're going to feel it in your hips. Because I've, I've squatted both wide and narrow. Yeah. So it's like the wider I go, the more it, it's more hip dominant and the more I can load that into my hips rather than
0: into my quads. Yeah, I got you. Um, so you're just not feeling it like in the posterior chain yet. Yeah, yeah. I got you. Um, well, that's kind of what we're getting into next. Uh, something else. Uh, we're actually going to video this today. Something else that i um see oftentimes and we have a lifter of ours right now uh austin who shout out to him he's been doing really well um but there's always this one little little nagging thing where his foot comes up in the back all right and what happens when your foot comes up in the back if you don't have full foot contact okay what happens is when you push back you feel most tension on the inside of your thighs all right so the adductors there when you're pushing back if most of your tension feels like it's coming from the inside of your thighs then you haven't got the hip stuff down yet okay so you can push back all right and if you're pushing back try to try to visualize this with me right so we're out in that wide base we got our toes out we're pushing back on the bench okay if the back of your foot is lifted a little bit and you're pushing where's that tension going to be right it's it's some strain on your knee there's strain on your knee um the adductors you feel that working all the tensions through the adductors um that's not going to be very strong all right that's not going to be very strong at all with the key here right get your foot flat get a lot of weight on the the heel of the foot get a lot of weight on the outside portion of the foot and then get your push back okay and i think just visualizing it kind of i'm just sitting here kind of working my ass here just sitting on this chair doing it right now with you guys right um and if i'm able to really straighten out my ankle get on the back of my foot get through the heels and now it's all in the outside of my my leg and in my hips so a huge difference there and i think that's one of the big things most people don't get down um is they they get on the inside of their foot too much they push back it's all in the adductors in the front of the thigh and that'll hold you tight but in terms of actually getting the most out of your hip it's not going to work so that's something i wanted to make sure that i touched on there um is that component
1: got another question from uh VersaFit.
0: what is your take on hugging the bench with your legs so um that would only make sense if you did it in a um a toes back style or you had your feet very close um and that that can keep you tighter and i've tried to utilize that in the past as well um but again it's it's more that at ad, uh, adduction that you're getting on the pad um and i think you really get more benefit out of getting into your hips It's not really going to help you as much get into your hips there what you what you can do is you can squeeze your hips which is a huge deal but you're missing that kind of lateral tension um that spread to the floor if you will so like when you squat right you're trying to spread the floor um and use your hips if you're just hugging something like that then you're kind of giving up that component so you can squeeze your hips and stay stable that way but you're never really getting that spread you know what i mean so uh, hopefully that makes sense for you there Alrighty. um so we touched on uh, feeling the adductor versus feeling the hips very big difference there really important um hips off the pad that's a big problem right most people have this issue like i said at the beginning of the podcast right we, we don't want a glute bridge on the pad we glute bridge on the pad hips are going to come off the pad okay that's just how it is and um, it doesn't matter if you have super long legs if you're eight foot tall I don't care if you're on a commercial gym bench don't matter all right it's all in the leg drive and I've noticed that more and more and more um, that it's all in your drive direction but it, the key here is having the proper traction because you're just you're not even going to be able to think about it you're just automatically going to default to glute bridging the moment you don't have traction right what do we do if we're running and then we encounter ice right we get on the ice we're not going to run the same way we're going to slowly load our weight straight down we're going to go slower uh we're going to do these things and it's like if um you're benching, right? And you, you don't have traction, you're just automatically going to start glute bridging because you know you're going to slide and you're trying not to slide. But the key is providing enough traction so you can bench press correctly. Okay, so um, it's all in the leg drive direction. Like I said, you're trying to skim back on the pad, you're trying to push into the pad. You're not trying to glute bridge up You're literally someone behind you You're pushing off the pad I've been watching a lot more Scott Mendelssohn's vids lately Um, You know because he's always on point Exactly the same things I'm trying to tell too And I love the way he kind of explains things His little twist on things Uh, He likes doing the toes back stuff um i do different but the same drive everything is the same it's just to use a different style so i find that awesome that someone of his you know he's a legendary bencher and you know he's talking about things the same way but just in a different manner and there's a lot of successful ways to do it so i encourage you guys to go check out uh, his stuff scott mendelson and um know he'll he'll actually he does the thing where you put your arms behind um uh lift their shoulders right and they'll they'll push into you and he uses that as a way to do the direction um and that's that's the key so he'll i I watched one the other day too and he was having uh, multiple people do this and uh he would they would drive right but he'd say all right don't crawl up my arms don't crawl up my arms you know in in essence the hips were coming up they were kind of elevating up his arms a bit um he wanted them to drive into the pad off the pad right and he was real adamant about getting that down and then um you know he he goes around and he he demos it and he's he's driving back and trying to slam their arms off the bench but um that's that's the component there that's the key is the the direction that you're driving okay that's the key to not having your hips come off the pad you could control that by how you um engage your hips and push back on the pad all right so you shouldn't have a problem with that. Um, that's really just changing direction. It's just having the discipline. So if you have that issue of your butt popping up the bench, it's a discipline thing. First have good traction and then have the discipline to push back. That'll change the game. All right, how to train your hips. Um, There's some things in the warm-ups as well I want to touch on before we round off here. First off, sip of coffee for the working man. Ugh. I'm all out of coffee. That's a big no-no. If someone you hits little, me with the emoji, I get a find. Got a little grow juice left. There you go. Is that coffee or what? Nah, it's grow juice. Is it any caffeinated... Is it a caffeinated beverage? It's grow juice. So is that caffeinated? <laughs> <laughs> so I hit, don't know what
1: he's got in the container. Hip activation is vital. Because I find that... Um, especially if I've been sitting down all day... My hips will actually hurt when I'm trying to squat or bench, and it's just because I'm not activating my glutes.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I found the other day, too, um, just for benching in the morning, I was super tight when I woke up, as most people are, right? Super, super tight. Um, All I did, I I didn't really get a chance to warm up too much. All I did was really go through the bench. You know, I always say the greatest stretch is on the bench itself, and, um you know by the time we're done with the session i get back and i'm just like wow my hips feeling pretty good and a lot more mobility there i can do a lot more things and it's just from from using them on the bench for that getting that activation so yeah it's just using them they get very dormant if you don't use them all right i mean you could just probably feel just by sitting down for an extended period of time um just how bad your hips can get all right they feel tight um your back probably hurts you feel like you can't open up your hips well just a lot of nasty stuff
1: i don't know about you but from sitting down all day my
0: hamstrings will get tighter than anything else um, hamstrings too yeah probably just your bent leg right yep yeah bent leg if i even if i'm just sitting here and i straighten my leg out right now uh it is it is super tight but all those bad things happen just from sitting down too long It's unfortunately that's just kind of the, the world we're in now Everything's seated um one of our athletes adam he got a standing desk that's really cool he got this standing desk attachment he's been doing he's been really working strides over strides trying to get everything good with his hips going to pt doing all this extra um it's a lifestyle stuff i like to classify it as you can do all the stretching all you want but unless you change you know how you spend most of your day nothing's really gonna take good effect right so he's sitting at work most of the day that's a good chunk of his day the other good chunk of his day he's sleeping right so that's what 16 hours of his day or something if not more so you have to change what happens in that because if you stretch for three minutes that's not going to cut it you know so he got a standing desk um, the attachment you put onto your desk and he's able to now work from the standing position so he's always in hip extension instead of the hip flexion so that's a huge, huge difference for him. Um, but I encourage everyone to do those types of things. Look at where you're spending most of your day, and then change those positions. So VersaFit says not not only push off the chest with leg with leg drive, but just more on positive part. So um, well, I'm trying trying to get what he's coming at. So as in, you're always pushing
1: back with your leg drive. It, okay. I I think he's thinking of it as like a sixty percent on the way down and a hundred percent on the way up. When I know you've yeah, you already said it. it's like goes from a hundred to like one
0: twenty. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I would definitely say um always push. Because it's not you're not using leg drive as much as a way to get momentum and pop off your chest, but more as a way to maintain your positioning more than anything. Um because then you are pressing with the whole body but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like you're coming down loading the upper body and then boom the legs are there and then you're finished pressing through the upper body uh it's a total body movement the drive is there it's just not going to feel like what you're probably most accustomed to which is getting that momentum pop but that also makes it a little bit difficult to get the weight moving off the chest when it gets heavy or you actually comes off the chest but then you get stuck mid-range because of that sometimes so um yeah i always teach leg drive 100% all the time and then if you have anything extra to give that's where that 120 comes in right you're coming down you're coming down you're driving back hard maintaining positioning um get the touch and then you press and if you have anything left to give that's when you give it you know so that's that's really how i coach the leg drive there all right so uh training on the, the hips there, training the hips so the best thing uh, the best drill and i i titled it the best drill for bench pressing because it seriously is i think uh, actually setting up off the bench and going through that that setup process um with your hips not in contact with anything that uh blaine sumner cue i was just uh describing to you guys where you're off uh, the end of the bench setting your shoulders on the very foot of the bench right and then pretending like you're going to actually bench that way you will notice right away you have to use your hips a lot more um but it'll actually train your hips too because you're going to have to um utilize them to push back hard enough so you it it forces you right into an active position there's no way to kind of be dormant there uh use a band for hip tension obviously putting a light band around your knees on your hips um that'll really help you bring more focus to that lateral tension you know some things that I like to do in a warm up. Glute bridges are always a good thing. Most people don't glute bridge correctly though. First thing with glute bridges, it'll help if you just think about pushing your lower back into the floor because if you push your lower back into the floor, it's automatically gonna put you in some uh, core activation there. And just by doing that, I'll start shaking because that's something I gotta work on, and that puts me right into the, my weak point of actually having to activate my core. So if I push my lower back into the floor, uh, immediately I'm gonna start shaking, but then I'm only going to. Push myself up to the point where I'm totally restricted. So I'm not going to break position and, and arch my lower back just in order to get more range. So my glute bridges actually don't go very far. You know, another way to do this is a Cook hip lift. You hug one knee and then you just bridge off one leg. So having that knee hugged, it doesn't allow you to arch your lower back, and you'll find out right away that you actually don't have much range uh, to hip extend there. Um, Hip flexion stretches, those are all good. I do glute stretches. I would search uh, Big Benches Core 4, or you can actually search from the source, FST or Stretch to Win um, is the YouTube, I believe, and, and they go through the Core 4 as well. And um, that is a series of four stretches and it works amazing on your hips and you know every time i start feeling my hips get really tight um you know i know the way out is to do core four at least three times a day that gets you right every time it gets you right and it's just failing to do that which is dumb on my part uh, because it takes four minutes if that to, to go through this routine if you do it three times a day time and time again makes you feel awesome takes away a lot of that discomfort in the back from having tight hips and whatnot all right so those are just some of the things you can do to really bring more light to hip tension to train your hips a bit more but again this is a a a structure of your body there the hips that are meant to really take a beat and really be used a lot and we don't use them it's a huge it's a huge bad thing all right. It's a huge bad thing. Do we have a buzzer beater, Elvis? We do have a buzzer beater. <laughs> from what I believe is Ty Rizzle trains. Ty That's a good one. I like that.
1: It's off topic, but what about elbow flare? I always hear it's a problem, but if I try to bench with my elbows tucked um, the whole way, it actually feels like I'm
0: not as strong. All right. So what's probably happening is, uh, yeah, you don't want to flare the elbows, but um you don't want to force the tuck either because what you're probably not in a good position there either um the key here is to get in tune with your upper back now what i would do there um real simple to give you some quick action tips i will go search big benches um search uh the hell is it called uh the only tool you need for Upper back activation, something like that. I just search upper back big benches. A lot of great things are going to pop up. Um, you'll probably see. Just search the tool big benches. It it, it pops up uh, first thing, um, and you'll see it's actually how to bend the bar. So that's important to understand. Actually, how to bend the bar. Get in tune with your lats. Um, search upper back big benches on YouTube. You're going to see a lot of videos we did on how to actually control your scapula, how to maintain upper back tightness um so everything has to come through your upper back if you just move your elbow simply right without actually it coming from your back see this is it coming from my back i'm trying to show everyone watching right that's where i'm gonna be if i just bring my elbow and i can just do that that's just an action of the shoulder that's not gonna help me out it needs to happen from the back so typically if you're not setting that spread in the bend right then you're going to be free to be able to put your elbows wherever you want if i set a spread and a bend they're pretty much here you know that's um, that's just where they're going to default to okay so that's going to help right away with the positioning element okay the other part is once you get down there in the correct position it's probably going to happen at a certain amount of weight because likely you've been probably pressing this way for a good good amount of time you probably built up your, your chest and your shoulders to predominantly be the movers of the bench right so there's going to be a time there's going to be a threshold like whether it's 85 percent or 90 percent where you're going to see the elbow flare happen whether you like it or not and that's just your body trying to do whatever it can to finish the lift in time hopefully that threshold increases as you strengthen your back but you have to strengthen those weak points to actually maintain Um, those positioning so if your predominant muscle groups are pressing our shoulders chest you're going to have that problem if you actually press from the lats and the triceps like how we'd ideally like to do it uh, if those muscle groups are strong enough to to actually maintain their position and do the work then you're not going to have the elbow flare but that's something that's going to take time so it's one of those issues that is just very time sensitive they're gonna it's gonna take a while uh, it's no, there's no quick fix usually, unless you're strong enough to handle the quick fix. You know what I mean. But if you've been doing it so long, then it's probably not there off the bat. But we have some athletes right now going through that as well, and they finally got to a place where they looking really good when they touch down. It's just at a certain fatigue point or a certain percentage that flare is going to happen automatically. So it's just building up the muscle groups we need to to get correct that. So little bit of a long explanation, but wanted to uh, to get that in there. That was the buzzer beater. Good string of buzzer beaters lately. Not last week, but you got some good buzzer beaters lately. Some strong questions. All right, we got anything else coming in? I don't think so. That's about that. That's all I got to say about that. Going to drink the rest of this grow juice in that hour. We'll be off. And a little word from our sponsors here. Patriot Frog, if anyone's watching this, I'll hold it up. Yeah, you got it, Tyrisal Trains j-curve or straight bar path uh you're going to want to angle down so you want to come down to angle touch low touch point throw back so everything's going to be angled there no straight bar path not over here pats are now five and oh looks like my frog died (laughs) he used to sing 50 cent in the club but i guess he's dead now i've had him for a good run but the pats are five and oh so are the 49ers, 4-0, undefeated teams. Jimmy G. Unreal. Unreal. That's a wrap, guys. You have been listening to The, the Best Guest.